So we just heard a promise from the Lord, a promise from the Lord about how we're to respond to the various difficulties, uh, persecutions that come to us because we're following him, because we're Christians. And in particular, so he says there, do not be afraid. In particular, he says, not to be afraid of those who can hurt the body, but cannot hurt the soul. Now, there are other places in the Gospels where he makes promises to us about uh, the Lord's care for us at a bodily level. But here he's focused on something else, on, on the soul, on the eternal, on the thing that, in a sense, is most important of everything you don't want to lose. Obviously, the state of your immortal soul is the thing above all you don't want to lose. And about that, he says... Do not be afraid. Well, why should we not be afraid? Well, the deepest reason to not be afraid um, is actually in the very verse before this passage. That um, This passage gives us the promise, but the verse before, in a sense, gives the reason why. And there, the Lord Jesus is comparing the master and the disciples. And he says what will happen to the master is what will happen to the disciple. If the disciple models himself on the master, then what happens to him will happen to the disciple following him as well. And that's both good and bad news. It's bad news because they crucified the master. But it's good news because of the resurrection, because that was not the end. That though they crucified the body, they did not have victory over the soul, over the eternal. And the Lord is now resurrected, glorified in heaven. And this is the ultimate promise held out for us if we are faithful to him in our difficulties following. Now, in our first reading, we heard from Jeremiah. And the church gave, gives us this passage from Jeremiah to, in a sense, shed light on this gospel account. So if you remember your Old Testament, and maybe you don't, and Jeremiah, well, Jeremiah was uh, a prophet. And in the Old Testament, Jeremiah was given a particularly difficult job as a prophet. He was called by the Lord and sent to the Jewish people in Jerusalem to give them a rather un uh, unpleasant message, to give them the message that Jerusalem was going to be destroyed and they were going to be taken off into captivity into Babylon. And as you can imagine, that wasn't a popular message. He wasn't well received. And although it's true he did have a promise of salvation, that if the people would just turn back to the Lord, if they would just repent, if they would just change their lives, then salvation was still possible for them. But the people weren't really interested in that. They didn't want to change their lives. 
And so Jeremiah was unpopular. They plotted his destruction, as we heard in that first reading. Denounce him. Let us denounce him. But as a model for us, Jeremiah trusted in the Lord. He trusted in the Lord, even though all these enemies of his that were only enemies because he was following the Lord, because he was doing what the Lord had wanted him to do. He trusted in the Lord despite what was happening to him. And so when the message he'd been given came true and Jerusalem was destroyed and the people were taken off into captivity, Jeremiah himself the faithful one, he was set free and spared, that God delivered him. And there's a pretty obvious twofold model in this for us, that if we are to be a disciple, if we are to follow the Lord as he did, then we need to expect persecution just as they persecuted Jeremiah for the unpopularity of his message. But the disciple can also rely on the faithfulness of the Lord, just as the Lord was faithful to Jeremiah because he was faithful to him. Now to bring this to a focus, there is both um, a direct and an indirect way of applying this to ourselves. That directly speaking, this passage is about the sufferings that come to a disciple precisely because he is a disciple, because he is a follower of the Lord, because in particular he has a message from the Lord that he has to tell others, the truths from the Lord. And often that does make us unpopular. Particularly in our culture today, there are many things from the Lord that are not the flavour of the month anymore. And that means the disciple will be hated and despised and on all kinds of different levels left suffering in the body. But the soul cannot be touched. The soul is in the hands of God. And if we entrust ourselves to the Lord, then he will ultimately give us this kind of ultimate, most important promise that we will be raised up, that they can touch the body but not your soul. But there is, I think, also a more indirect application to this in all of the sufferings that come to us as a Christian, namely that all of our bodily sufferings, if we entrust ourselves to the Lord in the midst of them, if we live the carrying of our cross, not just the cross that comes to me because I'm telling others the truths of Christ, but just the cross that comes to me in life, but I live it with him, live it with love, live it with patience, then for that too we will be raised up. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Every hair on your head has been counted. 
If anyone declares himself for me in the presence of men, I will declare myself for him in the presence of my Father in heaven. 